Welcome to season three of Take Heart. We have exciting things planned this season, so don't miss an episode. Our 100th episode is coming up next week on Tuesday, September 27th, and we're celebrating with an amazing giveaway. Make sure to go to our social media pages for the details and to register. Our Instagram handle is at Take Heart Special Moms. There are also links in our show notes. Hi, and welcome to Season 3 of Take Heart. It's Sarah Klein, and as we kick off this season, we wanted to share how we started and the significance of our name, Take Heart. So I'm going to be real here. I don't think the expression take heart is always positive. When someone takes something to heart, that can be good or bad. For instance, I have had people close to me say wonderful things about me that I have taken to heart and it has been uplifting and life-giving. In fact, I can think of one particular person in my life that changed the course of my professional career because they had said something inspiring about a skill set I had yet to fully acknowledge. On the other hand, I had someone close to me say some hateful things to me intended to hurt that I unfortunately took to heart for way too long. I, along with a couple people in my life that I trust and my therapist, spent a lot of time and energy dissecting those words, trying to understand why they impacted me like they did. The bottom line I have taken away over the years is this. I am now extremely careful and abundantly picky with what I take to heart. I believe the expression take heart is to be used as an encouragement only. Anything else is not worth our effort. To take heart means to gain courage or confidence. Merriam-Webster actually defines the phrase take heart as to begin to feel better and more hopeful. And take heart, things will get better soon. Now that's a definition I can get behind. And the phrase take heart is found several times in the Bible. A few of my favorite verses are in the Psalms. Psalm 2714 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I love the NASB version. It says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. This verse has both comforted and convicted me. It reminds me that I need to let my heart take courage. We often feel that courage should be natural. And if we feel fear, defeat, discouragement, bitterness, or any other of the vast negative emotions that this life lends us, we aren't good moms, wives, friends, advocates, or whatever, fill in the blank, but that just isn't the case. This verse reminds us that we are to wait on the Lord, and as we do, be strong and let our heart take courage. And notice that the verse says wait twice. The NASB version actually says, yes, wait, which I find funny for some reason. I read it as, yes, Sarah, you read that right. Wait for the Lord. But let's be honest, though. Waiting is not easy. In fact, for me, waiting can be the most difficult thing as a mom to a child with disabilities and a progressive diagnosis. Waiting seems like our biggest adversary. Time doesn't seem to be on our side, and waiting often tries to steal our peace of mind, our joy, and our hope. But it is in the waiting that the biggest growth happens. 
It is in the waiting that I often question God. How I question him, though, is what either hinders or multiplies my growth. As I wait on the Lord, I can question God, thinking that he isn't in control, and be impatient as to why he isn't answering my prayers in the way that I see fit, or I can question God, asking him what he is trying to teach me. What is he trying to make new in me that requires this time of discovery, this time of waiting? Am I strong enough to find peace in the difficult moments of waiting? Am I courageous enough to trust God's control? So I don't think questioning God is wrong. He doesn't want mindless robots. It's how we listen and whether we are strong enough to ask the right questions that is important. Are we going to be courageous enough to trust God's answers? Or even more, will we be courageous enough to trust when he's quiet? In all honesty, I continue to struggle with this at times. My heart isn't angry like I once was. Over the past 10 years since my son was diagnosed, my son, my family, and I have found peace, joy, hope, and purpose through all of this. With that said, there are still moments of fear. I am still a mom that fears a future on this earth without my child in it. Barring an accident and without a cure, I will outlive my child, and that scares me like nothing else. I hurt. I'm still a mom that sees my son live a life so different than his peers. I despair. I'm still a caregiver that is utterly exhausted from always feeling the need to be 10 steps ahead of the next school meeting, clinical trials, prescription refills, equipment repairs, financial woes, middle of the night needs, marriage, being a mom to the other children, et cetera, et cetera. We could go on and on. But that's just it, though. We are human. We will always struggle with our human emotions and needs. That is why God is in control. And if we remember, we can take heart and find courage and be hopeful. Things will be better. As we wait on the Lord, we can ask God to help us work on renewing ourselves and making us who he knows we can be. Another verse in the Psalms that I love is Psalm 31, 24, which says, be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And again, this is an action. Hope is a verb. It isn't something that happens to us. It isn't something that just happens to those who happen to be hopeful people. I've mentioned in past episodes that I'm a pretty pragmatic and analytical person. Those personality traits don't always lend themselves to unicorns and rainbows, smiles, kittens, and everything is coming up roses kind of personality traits. Sarcasm is my second language, and my family knows when mom is in dire need of being alone to reset. But this verse, be strong and take heart all you hope in the Lord, reminds me, though, that I don't have to be a hopeful person. I can use hope as a verb. I can hope in the Lord. It's not up to me to hope. I can hope in the Lord. That's the key. I can be strong and take heart because I can hope in the Lord. I can count on his control and his goodness. Hope is not in my strength. It's in God's. And that's the best news. It's this same concept for me when I think of Psalm 6932. The Christian Standard Bible version says, The humble will seek it and rejoice. You who seek God, take heart. Again, it's an action. If you seek God, you take heart, gain courage, take hope, find confidence. Those are all verbs. Those are all actions. The most profound takeaway 
from the encouragement of the expression, take heart, is not that it is about who we are supposed to be. We are not supposed to simply be confident or be hopeful or be courageous. Is there such thing as automatic or assured confidence? I don't believe so. Maybe it's my overanalytical mind at work, but I don't think something like confidence or hope or trust simply happens because that is part of our makeup or character. I think confidence, trust, hope, and courage, that takes work and practice and patience. The more we work at taking courage and gaining confidence and finding hope and practicing patience, we begin to feel better and become who God has called us to be. So I'd like to leave you with a few simple practices to try this week. So whether I am struggling or not, I find reflecting and resetting my mind helps me refocus on who is in control. And I hope these practices serve you as they do me. The first is this. What are three wonderful things in your life that bring you hope? Write them down and focus on those for one day this week. For one 24-hour period, set aside the negative and focus on the positive, even if it's just those three things. And even if it's just one, that's fine. This takes courage and patience, though. Keep at it. Throughout the day, when a negative thought surfaces, tell yourself, surely I can be positive or mostly positive for 24 hours. I'll try my hardest to not give negativity space today. You'll be pleasantly surprised how hope grows when given time to take root. And a little disclaimer, if you are struggling with hope and you cannot think of one thing, it's okay. I've been there and I I truly have. Please know that this does not mean that hope doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that you aren't grateful for what God hasn't given you. It does not mean that there isn't something to be hopeful for. It just means that hope is hidden at the moment. So to bring it into the light, try this simple prayer. God, I am struggling to find hope. I ask for strength so that I may take heart and hope in you. The second exercise is this. Give yourself permission to not have it all figured out. It's healthy to have realistic expectations of ourselves and our capabilities. I am not a medical professional. I don't know everything there is to know about everything my son needs. I don't, even after a decade of this journey with his diagnosis, I don't know everything. I never will. That's okay. It's okay to not be okay with it all the time. Ask God to fill those empty spaces within and take heart that God is in control and he has it all figured out. That is what is the most important and he will equip you for what he has called you to. And the third exercise is this. Be patient with yourself. Take heart that God will meet you wherever you are, even if that is in the midst of anger or confusion, and even if that is towards God. Friend, if God can see me through my thoughts and feelings towards him, he will meet you right where you are without judgment and with love. Trust him and take courage that he loves you right now, right in the space that you are in.